0: Because I don't live neatly in the predefined box that they had put me in, it's now jarring for them and uncomfortable for them. And so I just now lean into it all. It's like, I'm all of these things. Like I love sex, I'm part of a sex positive community. And I'm also a mom and I'm also
1: a VC backed founder. A bad bitch takes charge of her body, her boundaries, and her bank account. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Bad Bitch Empire. Today, I'm here with Amanda Goetz. She's the founder and CEO of House of Wise, the luxury CBD brand empowering women to take control of their sleep, sex, stress, and wealth. Amanda has been a marketing leader for 15 years, and she is a powerhouse single mom of three. Amanda, welcome to the Bad Bitch Empire. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. This is awesome. So you are a bad bitch today, but I always say bad bitches are not born immediately. They are made through a lot of hardship and a lot of pushing through all the things we have to go through, misogyny, just bullshit. But tell me about your childhood. How did you get to where you are today? And in what ways did good girl brainwashing affect you growing up? Oh my gosh,
0: so much. So I grew up on a farm in central Illinois, 800 people, where everything was really 1950s there, where very heteronormative, first and foremost, most women stayed at home and the men worked. So it was very much the like hunter gatherer mentality. And then the women were home and something that I've really had to work on in therapy over the past couple of years was the fact that growing up, I struggled with really kind of gender identity in some ways where a part of me really, really related to my dad who Mm -hmm. was building a business. I mean, he's the town plumber but owned his own company, had the social life, was the extrovert, made his, made the money. And then my mom, who raised us, stayed at home, very introverted. And I really struggled with who I wanted to be. Fast forward, I go to college, which neither of my parents went to college. And my subconscious led me to be fearful of being alone mm because I didn't have anyone show me what that looked like to be a strong, independent woman um, on your own. So I married the first guy from college. I got engaged at 19, married at 21, and started living this life that was not true to who I was at my core, but I would have, if you would have asked 21-year-old Amanda, I would have been like, yes, I'm living my truth. I'm totally living my Mm -hmm. truth. I'm like, this is exactly what I wanted. You know, the, the husband and the corporate career. But what happened was I progressed in my 20s, moved from Chicago to New York and started to meet more women who lived outside of that definition. And I started to assimilate, like really feel... Similar to them. And over time, I started to realize that I was not living my truth and not living an authentic life to who I was. Whose life were you living? What I thought society wanted me to be. The like sweet Midwest girl that loves being a mom. Like I had kids young, I had three kids very quickly. They're two years apart. So I have a now eight, six, four year old. But I was living this like, oh yeah, that's what life is. Life is, you're a woman, you support your husband and you make the children. But what I realized was I had superpowers Mm. and I came to New York and people started to see it and started to like feed into those and give me power. And my career started to take off. And all of a sudden I found myself like, taking care of 3 kids basically by myself because of the like the boundaries we had set before I realized who I was which was the boundaries were I take care of the house, I take care of the kids, you go out and build a career. And then I I changed the boundaries, I changed the rules of the game because that's not who I wanted to be. I wanted a co-parent. I wanted to go have my freedom to go build my empire. And so that led us to a divorce because we couldn't figure out how to navigate that turn. And I remember my ex saying like, where's the woman I married? And I was like, she's fucking gone. (laughs) Like this is (laughs) a whole new woman. Yeah. (laughs) She's dead. We had the funeral and this new woman is in front of you and it didn't work. And that's okay. Like, Esther Perel says everyone gets married twice and some people it's to the same person and sometimes it's not. And we couldn't make that work. And I mean, I will never say a bad thing about him because it was just a change. Like I changed Mm -hmm. and the relationship changed and the dynamics changed. And so through finding my power to file for divorce when I had three kids under the age of four, Because I knew I needed to. That was the greatest act of self love I have ever done. It was the hardest thing I've ever done because of what society expects. But I have never felt more in alignment with my truth, my like bad bitch, like you know power. And yeah, now I'm like building my own business, a VC backed company you know and of which I'm a proud investor. Oh my gosh. Love it. <laughs> and consumer, I just took a sleep gummy last night. Oh my gosh, I love it. Um I had to take a stress gummy before this cuz I <laughs> on the road. Um but yeah, and so I think my bad bitchness to answer your initial question in a very long-winded way but comes from finally choosing myself mm-hmm. and being proud to do that and now not settling for anything that doesn't put my truth at the forefront.
1: Yeah. Well, everything that you just shared is like truly the essence of like bad bitch philosophy, which is like self-love, choosing yourself, not allowing the voices of society to brainwash you into believing that there is only one right way to live, which is what they've done to women for millennia. yeah, And um, the, the standards are always changing, but it's always about control. And so to love yourself is an act of rebellion. To take back control of your life is an act of rebellion. Yeah. And I think you have clearly shown that that, uh, even as you were telling your story, it's like, that's where the power comes from. Your mm-hmm. inner power is when you choose yourself. 100%. Yeah. What were some of the superpowers you discovered in yourself? One
0: is just and I'm a high empath, which can be also a fatal flaw because you absorb emotions. And so i'm I, I like to say that I'm now a self-aware empath mm-hmm. where I no longer absorb people's energies. Like it's no longer my responsibility to know or or feel your feelings for you. so i'm 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 better. That has been a work in progress. But that ability, to read someone's energy and emotion I think has helped me to become a really strong leader of women and creating cultures where people that bring out people's best selves and leading with empathy because I think the corporate cultures today, like I have gone through so much, whether it was like fertility treatments or miscarriages or a divorce and having to wake up on a day like when you're like going through fertility treatments or even like I froze my eggs recently. And it's like, you wake up and you're going through something really hard or even just a breakup and you're not able to work. Like you can't produce, your brain is not in that capacity, but yet corporate society forces women to just push through it. But yet you get like you might get eight hours from someone at a 10% capacity. I'd rather you take those eight hours, recharge, process your emotions, acknowledge them, let them flow through you. Because if you suppress like anything that you're dealing with, it's like a fireplace. Like there's a vent for a reason. That's why it's called venting. That smoke, that toxic smoke, if you keep that vent closed, will seep out and poison everyone in the room. So you
1: have found a way to build a culture yeah, uh, on your team where there is space for that? Yeah. Like we acknowledge that there are days that you wake
0: up, you're having a bad day and you may not be able to produce that day. Okay. Like we don't, we're not Ford Motors. We're not building cars. We're working on computers. We're creating content. Mm-hmm like optimize your life for when you can produce. Like can you imagine sitting down to write and like not feeling creativity and but having like you you probably like tap into your flow states. Yeah. And so yeah, I just like am approaching and have like I was the person that got in trouble in the corporate America all the fucking time because when I was a single mom, like my kids were going to bed. I, I got divorced when my kids were like four, two, and zero, right? They go to bed at like 6.30 PM when they're that small. So at four o'clock, I'm like, peace the fuck out. And everybody would look at me and I was like, I'm not gonna sit here for another hour, like just tapping at my computer, looking at emails that I can look at on my fucking phone on the subway while I get home to my kids. Like I hate bullshit rules. Yeah. And I think that's probably my superpower Mm. is just calling out bullshit, Mm. And then aligning a new way of looking at something like I can't unsee bullshit.
1: I I've had a similar experience. I mean, I I say I'm unemployable because <laughs> like, I just. <laughs> I mean, as a CEO and entrepreneur, like once yeah. you've been there, you just you can't anymore. But yeah, like when I started working for a company, um, and like I would post Instagram stories, and you know, it's like you do you do a lot of that too, where you show all aspects of your life, yep. where it's like I'm not just a. A worker or just a CEO or just a mom. I'm like, all of these things, and I like to go have fun and party yeah. and and whatever. But I got pings from people. It's like or or feedback on our like h r forum that was like like doesn't like doesn't hustle the same way everyone else does. like doesn't stay late in the office. like does I'm like, it's bullshit. Like, yeah, the hustle culture is just total bullshit. I'm like, I don't. Wouldn't you rather have the results delivered? It, like it doesn't I, matter how long it takes me. Right, I would rather have your best
0: four hours than your worst eight. Yeah, like hundred percent. And I and I I approach that or or use that mentality across to parenting. Like I'm not with my kids a hundred percent of the time. Like we do 50-50 co parenting, and what that has afforded me is this luxury of intention. Mm. Where when I have my kids, I may not be like there all the time, but they're gonna get the best mom for a few hours a day than a really distracted, mm-hmm. stressed out mom every all day, every day, yeah, and the same should go for work. like I don't know why we think in time blocks because time is such a fucking construct mm-hmm. like we've all had those friendships or even like romantic relationships where you're together all the time and you feel so fucking alone. Time is nothing. It's about intent and purpose and how you like give undivided attention to the task at hand. And so for work culture, it's like one undistracted hour of my time is worth mostly like six to eight hours of someone else's time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's so funny. Cause even when I talk about creating podcasts, like a lot of people have no idea how to create them. They don't know how to start them. There's a lot of logistics involved, but it's like, even just the act of like interviewing, which is a lot of it is listening. It's preparation. It's, it's like going with the flow. You don't have like a preset sure. questions, but I have gotten so comfortable with interviewing cause I've done it so much. And then like production wise, I get it. And so it takes me Less time. Like, like an hour or two. And then it takes someone else. They could like six A whole day. hours, yeah. eight hours. They need like. And so I'm like, that doesn't mean that, for example, I would charge by hour and right. be like, okay, unfortunately, like if it doesn't take me this long, you don't pay you pay me less.
0: Right. Charge yeah. by skill and experience. Exactly. Like I've been doing this for now 16 years. Like I just turned 36 last weekend. And what used to take me 10 hours now takes me like one to two. So you're going to pay me for my experience and my skills, not my time.
1: Yeah, exactly. So going to this, I mean, this is this idea of bullshit because there's so much bullshit. um, (laughs) So much. (laughs) It's like, once you think you're done with it, then there's there's a new day. And um, so I was talking to a friend the other day and I think part of good girl brainwashing is that it teaches us to Put up with bullshit mm-hmm. and like just accept it on the silver platter yeah. and yeah and um I started getting to this point where it was like my actual reaction to bullshit was just like ew yeah and walk away like it used to, I used to entertain it but it's like when someone acts out badly mm-hmm. when they're disrespectful yeah they're wasting your time I'm just like ew I got places to go like yeah no more chances.
0: Yeah. So I was at a VC event a couple of weeks ago and I walk in and it's in Miami and it's 90% dudes. As usual. As usual, which I'm, I'm okay with like totally fine, but they had brought in like Instagram models, like to be there at the like events. Like I was very confused by this. And so I walk in and I walk up to this group of guys and like any networking event you have to like force yourself into a conversation which is very uncomfortable it takes a lot of like practice it's mm-hmm. never comfortable i've been doing it for so long and it's still not comfortable yeah. right
1: as an introvert same
0: yeah but i i have this like alter ego that i like embody <laughs> same <laughs> where i'm like i'm a 27 year old white tech bro <laughs> and i just walk up and i i play the game Do you i keeping your voice I already have a deep voice. So it's like, I'm an alto, like I I don't need to do that. But it's like what I've, I'm an observer of people. And I've spent a lot of time, like, I don't love the idea of like segregation, like women have to learn from men. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've learned is just like, guys talk about people and what other people are doing. Whereas women talk about like feelings and emotions Mm -hmm. and how are you doing? Cause we care about like the human inside, but men just go straight to it. They're like, Hey, did you talk to so-and-so? And And, like, do you see he like sold that for like, Mm -hmm. you know, $10 million. No, he's like working on this thing. Like they talk about what people are doing. They're like, Oh yeah, I should connect you to this person. Like, it's all like this transactional manner. Mm -hmm. So I like put on that alter ego and I like walk up, but this event, particularly because of the dynamics of there's like Instagram models, I could tell that guys were not able to like separate. They just viewed all women at this event Mm -hmm. as purely for their spectatorship. And I had to do the icky game of like name dropping. Mm. And I remember leaving that event and it was the first time I, I did it for like two, there's two groups of men and I I did it twice. Old Amanda would have kept, sta- like stayed there and tried to keep like having those conversations. And similar to you, I had that like, ew, like these are not people that I wanna align myself mm-hmm. with. So I left, I was like, I'm done here. This is not my group. Mm-hmm. And what I ended up doing was like, figuring out how to call people on that where it's like i don't feel like you're listening to me right now mm-hmm. and and is there something that like you think that i don't know or like like there are phrases that we can start to use in those situations because otherwise these men don't get called out for it or it's like the the guy that like looks you up and down before you start having like a business conversation to like see if you're hot or see if you're worthy of his time mm-hmm. like all that bullshit and you're like That was inappropriate. Like you call that out, yeah. Because I think we have to, yeah. And I I, like, I hope men, like the good men on this earth, like start to call it out too. Mm -hmm. But they're like worried about being like ostracized. Ostracized. Yeah, (laughs) literally. So, so yeah, I think women have to feel more and more able and confident to call it out.
1: Yeah. And so this is where the the fine line I, and I I talk a lot about this but for a woman to be able to feel sexy and beautiful and strong and powerful and wear the things that yep. are for herself knowing that that will attract attention mm-hmm. going into male networking events or primarily male networking events and so what is that balance for you it's
0: not my responsibility Like I no longer, I no longer hold that responsibility of being objectified. That is on men. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I will own my sexuality. Yeah. And if that makes you uncomfortable, that guy needs to get curious about why, because there are plenty of men out there that can totally look you in your eyes, no matter what you're wearing and respect you. And so the men that don't, they're uncomfortable and they haven't, they, they don't understand their sexuality and that's their work. But I mean, I feel like you and I are very similar. We Mm -hmm. show all parts of our life on social media, including like, like if you go to my Instagram grid, it's like me at the petting zoo with my kids and then me in like lingerie and a thirst trap, Mm -hmm. you know, but I don't even consider it a thirst trap because for me, it's not for anyone. Yeah. It's truly like, I love that fucking picture of myself. I feel good about my body. I feel good about my life and I'm just posting it. And I don't think twice. I don't think about like a funny caption. I'm like, no, I just like this photo of myself. Mm-hmm. And I remember like the first after COVID, I remember I went on a trip to Miami and I posted like a bikini pic where my ass is out or whatever. And I got a ton of DMs, people being like, aren't you scared that like investors aren't going to take you seriously? I'm like, if an investor doesn't take me seriously because my ass is on Instagram, but yet Instagram models and like, other people are getting massive contracts, it's because it's not expected from me. So if, if I were in a different industry or if I had grown up, you know, in, in a sex positive like industry, then that's okay because they have the context of which to view me. But because I don't live neatly in the predefined box that they had put me in, it's now jarring for them and uncomfortable for them. And so I just now lean into it all. It's like, I'm all of these things. Like I love sex. I'm part of a sex positive community. And I'm also a mom and I'm also a VC backed founder. I realize that it's more of a shock value than an actual issue. Because the more I do it, the less people care.
1: Exactly. That was the same, I think, phenomenon slash... uh like phases that I went through as well when I first started posting. um, I mean, I guess you could call it more risque stuff or just stuff that I was- Authentic to you. Yeah, exactly. Um, And it was like, I just think I look hot and like, maybe this can empower other women. I remember when I first put out one of these photos where it was just like, um, with like my lingerie, like kind of power suit thing. um, There was a woman, she was another investor and she DM'd me and she was like, like Lisa, keep going and keep posting yeah. this because like it's it's almost like you going to the edge yeah. gives me permission to take a baby step. Oh,
0: 100%, I love that. Yeah. And I'm okay going to the edge.
1: Exactly. You know, like, like someone's if, gotta be the general and like exactly. <laughs> take the fire. I mean, this like it's very
0: Trumpian, like, right? Like it's like, say you're gonna build a wall and get some sort of immigration reform, which ugh, but there's this idea of you have, someone needs to go to the extreme so that we find a middle ground, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: Yeah. And so, I mean, going to the extreme, like there are uh, sacrifices Mm -hmm. that we have to make. Um, Yeah. What are some sacrifices that you feel like you've made to build your empire, to build a brand that's authentic to you? I don't view them
0: as sacrifices because I do a lot of vision planning, And when relationships end, friendships, jobs, romantic relationships, it's because they are absorbing energy that I need to achieve my goals. It's that like, that analogy where it's like, I can't remember the exact phrasing. I'm probably going to butcher this, but like, you can come through my door, you can like, like leave it, but just don't stand in the way. Mm. You know, because you're blocking it for other people.
1: Yeah,
0: And so I've had to take a lot of audits throughout the past two years. I've lost a lot of friendships of people who I want to say viewed me as a zoo animal. <laughs> what does that? So like people who know you from your past um. and maybe are still living in that gr- that good girl brainwashing yeah. mentality. When you start stepping outside of that, people become curious. Mm. But if they're not comfortable with it, it is a curiosity like a zoo animal. Like I'm going to come mm. and watch you. Mm.
1: But like Britney, like Britney Spears, she's like, yeah. there's only two types of people in this world, the ones who entertain and the one who's observed. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> and so I've found how to assess that those two types of people who are just coming to watch and be entertained by my life or those who genuinely care about Mm. the human I'm becoming and what I'm exploring and like my inner world. And I don't have time for the first, like the first group can just watch me on social media, but my inner circle continues to get smaller Mm -hmm. and more intentional. So that's number one. And then I will say, and you and I have talked about this like offline is dating. As you start to really become this like bad bitch, independent woman who doesn't need a man, but might want one, right? Like mm-hmm. there's a very distinct difference. And I I truly feel like my work over the past, you know, four years has been, my identity doesn't come from whom, who I'm with. I am mm-hmm. my own self. Like I stand in my own power, in my own identity. But I'd like, you know, like I now, that's part of my like, When I hit 36, I said, What do I want for the next year? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I think I'm open to receiving a potential partner, right? That's exactly. I said, I'm open. Yeah, I'm open to that. Like, I'm done. Like, I I was intentional. Like, 35 for me was like, I had an interesting relationship with sex where for me, sex was paired with relationships. And Mm -hmm. I needed to do the work to unpair them because what stemmed from that. Was jealousy Mm. and things that are not healthy. And so I needed to explore my sexuality outside of relationships so I could see what it pinged in me, what I felt in those like casual dating and casual sex environments. And I learned so much. Like I feel like I've grown so much through those experiences. And then I hit 36 and I'm like, okay, I feel healthier. Like I feel like I can approach a relationship in a healthier stance. Mm. I'm open to that. But when you Step into that power, the sacrifice is what society has trained in men, which Mm -hmm. is you're the provider, you have to take care of her. And men who have not done their work to realize that that's brainwashing for them, they feel very insecure with a woman like you or me. Yeah. So that's the hard part.
1: Well, one thing is like, I think because you and I are both very public with all these different parts of ourselves. Any man, like you can find us very easily, right? So like any man who would be interested can already have a sense that this is not a woman that you can put in a box.
0: (laughs) Yep. And they have to be very, very secure with that. Yeah. And I think it's already hard to find good, secure men who don't lean into like misogynistic subconscious tendencies. And subconscious is a key word. Yes. I'm not saying that every guy knows what they're thinking or doing, Yeah, um, but it's subconscious. And if they haven't done the work to understand where that comes from, what they've been imprinted with and all of those things, it's hard. And so your, your <laughs> dating box, like the circle <laughs> keeps getting smaller and yeah. smaller. And for me, it's like, okay, now I need to find someone who accepts my kids, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the other thing. And I I mean, I went through the like phases of guys just wanting to like fuck the hot milf type thing. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, 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 no. We don't, we don't play that game. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think those are the biggest sacrifices is just ending relationships faster. And then the dating thing has proven to be, I mean, I don't even say it's like a sacrifice. It's just like, I'm okay being single until I find somebody worthy mm-hmm. of being in my life.
1: Yeah. I say now that I'm looking for a king. Yeah. Like if, if, if there's a man who shows up, it's like not a boyfriend. And I've yeah. said this, like, I'm not looking for a boyfriend. Like I want a king who will co-build an empire with me. You love that. And it it's funny because it, a man almost needs to actually be comfortable with using and proclaiming. He's like, I'm king material yeah um which is a it's a whole <laughs> other
0: level, <laughs> oh my gosh yes yes, i mean they they are out there, like I know it, um, and I think the fact that you and I have now embraced the openness to finding them, that energy will be received, yeah. and I've removed like I'm done with like the fuck boys, mm-hmm. like I've removed any sort of like absorbing of my energy. And now that energy is left inside of me to give to whoever's worthy. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Um, So one thing that I've started doing is like noticing when there's dissonance inside Mm. of me where it's like, because even like in this context, we're talking about like, uh, you know, fuck boys, but this could be anything. It could be like, there's a really great deal. That's Mm. or opportunity that's presented to you. But like, for some reason it feels wrong. And maybe you felt like this when you're raising money that there's like other, some investors that you didn't want to take. Um, But perhaps there isn't a clear logical reason why.
0: Yeah, it's your central nervous
1: system is banging. Yeah, Yeah. so how do you these days like clear the noise and like just cut through it?
0: When you've gone through a lot of things, I, the way I define gut instinct is this subconscious processing of a ton of data points that I've experienced over the past 36 Mm -hmm. years. And so I no longer, like, I feel like when we say gut instinct, it's like dismissing Mm -hmm. it. But like, no, that is actually like our own little AI inside of us that is processing everything we've seen in our life to help us make a better decision. And so I trust my gut. And I say it in that way. It's my inner AI and I don't need to define it. Like I can't fully describe AI, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like (laughs) machine learning. Okay. The machine is working. (laughs) It's, it's learning about me over time and it's going to produce the, the like answer I need. Yeah. And so women have strong intuition. I think that our internal AI is even smarter. And so I just trust my gut and know that that's coming from a place of data.
1: Yeah. Um, So we're both very acute observers. Mm -hmm. I think we've noticed that. And um, even as we're sitting here, I think, like, I can tell there's, like, this energetic, like, we're both present. Mm -hmm. We're both, like, processing on the spot. Um, And I think that also comes from something we briefly touched upon, which is um, now that we're out of the box embracing, like, many, many different labels and like almost allowing all of them to mesh together. So um, what are some labels that you have rejected completely? And like, how do you, like, how do you see yourself now? If someone were to ask you to describe yourself? Good Lord. But
0: it's, I'm never one thing for very long. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Like, like I was saying earlier where it's like, a part of me identifies with like female gender and a part of me identifies with male. And so we kind of talk about that as leaning into your masculine and feminine, Mm -hmm. but even still, like when I'm leaning into my masculine, then all of a sudden I'm like attracted to women and like exploring what that means. And like, that's still like very new, but And so people, like, I remember talking to my therapist, I'm like, am I, like, bye? Like, what does that mean? And she's like, why do you have to label that? Mm -hmm. Like, why is it so important for you to, like, find that label? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. you're right. Like, it's more about exploring, like, who I am and stop trying to put labels Mm -hmm. on things. Um, I think the hardest label is mom Mm -hmm. because with it becomes... With the word "mom" comes this like avalanche of expectation. Oh, you're a mom. You must cook, clean, provide, um, be maternal all the time, play with your kids all the time. All these things that like we see on Instagram, and we're we're taught that that's like what a quote unquote good mom is. And I struggle with that immensely. Of what does good mom actually mean to me and what is my truth and how do I show up for my kids in the way that is best for me. And for me, if that means like in order for me to, to like allow my central nervous system to come down so I can be present for my kids, that means I'm popping an edible so that I can sit and play Mario Kart and actually laugh and be Mm -hmm. with them. Then I'm going to do that. But if I said that like to many mom groups, they're like, wait, you're, you're high with your kids. Like, no, I know like how, like I've been using cannabis long enough to know how to use it so that I'm still very coherent, but I just like removing expectations that come with the different titles. Mm. I'm no longer ever going to be someone's wife or girlfriend. Mm -hmm. That is not a title I claim. I'll be your partner. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be your girlfriend. I'm not going to be your wife. I don't claim those titles anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems like you are transcending a lot of, (laughs) a lot of the the labels. And I think that's the whole point, which is like, I even struggle sometimes with, um, using masculine feminine. Like I feel kind of weird saying it because I'm like, I know that these are like, they're, Understandable terms for people because you can just say feminine qualities and people get it, right? Masculine qualities, but you can get it. And to get to a point where you're like, I'm just, I'm just me, right? And maybe that naturally does mean I'm more empathetic or intuitive, but that doesn't mean like all, like every single woman is or every single man is not. Well, we have to, I think we're going to get to a place and I, maybe not,
0: you know, in the next five years, but like. Masculine and feminine inherently in those terms creates this patriarchal norm because it's like, Oh, when you're leaning into your masculine, you're more assertive and aggressive, but that's basically saying that women aren't those things. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, I'm pretty alpha. Like I I'm, I'm standing in that more assertiveness in my corporate life, like my professional life. Then in my like personal life, like I'm more submissive and I love to be like the like cared for person or whatever. And that doesn't mean that I'm like masculine and work and feminine and relationships. Yeah. Like that's not like, I'm
1: a woman at work, Yeah. like just kicking ass, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I, I was saying like, one of the things that helped me f- step into my my own power was realizing that all the traits that, I had thought were weak in myself, which were Mm, the typically feminine feminine, traits. I had used that belief to keep myself down. Yep. And everything from like thinking that listening was... Like I, it took me, I think it was only a few years ago that I found out that listening was a superpower. And it was, Mm. it was because an ex of mine, he was like, you're a really great listener. And I had always framed it as I'm not as extroverted as I should be. I don't framed it as a weakness. Exactly. And so he was just like, I don't know how to own my voice. I don't have anything good to say. That's why I'm here listening more than I am speaking. And like, how do all these other people have so much more ideas and things to say than I do? And so that was my constant framing mm. for my entire life until I realized like, yeah. wait, listening, observation, intention, thoughtfulness. Like, That's what makes patience. you an amazing
0: writer and content creator because you you absorb and listen and see gaps and then you can create to fill those. So it's so funny. I see so many women frame something as their like gap mm. instead of talking about it as their superpower and we have to continue to like reframe and i do this all the time with my team like if somebody was like and this happens every day it's like people are raise their hand they're like this might be a stupid question i'm like start again <laughs> yeah right like can don't, i ask a question to ask a question right <laughs> like stop saying i i think or i feel like just say it like own that your thoughts are worthy, that your superpowers are worthy, and that you harness them the second you make that switch. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, like another reframe was like raising capital. Mm. The second I made the switch of like, no, this is not me getting a chance to work with this VC, it's like they get to be a part of my journey. Mm-hmm. they will be lucky yeah to be on this ride with me cuz i know how what i'm going to do with this company and the second i made that switch in my head my energy shifted in mm-hmm. all of those meetings where all of a sudden i'm not on this like receiving energy it's truly truly i'm in like observation like inquisition mode where I'm just as much interested in learning about them and how they support founders and you know, how they think about women and in, you know, female founders, et cetera. And that shifts things. Mm-hmm. And so the second, these little tiny paradigm shifts that you make inside of you, I know it doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but your energy shifts exactly. So like framing your gaps, flip them on their head and figuring out what that superpower is changes everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've had that shift a lot. I and mean, it's it's also a constant practice. Yeah. To continue to ground yourself in your own worth because things will throw you off mm-hmm. and the world does not help you. Yeah. Does not support you in helping you own your worth.
0: Like I, I I don't want people to like sit here listening to this thinking that like Lisa and Amanda have figured this all out. Like there are days that knock me on my fucking ass. Yeah. And you get back up and you say, okay, what did I learn from that? Like what triggered inside of me? What am I still like? When I have a knocked on my ass day, I take a moment and let myself process it because I'm an emotional being. Just because I'm leaning into my bad bitch energy doesn't mean I don't need to cry my eyes out and say like, fuck, that was hard. But then I just get curious, like, why was that Mm -hmm. so hard for me? What did it trigger? Is that something from my childhood? Like, was it a need to be liked? Was it like I was seeking validation from an external source? Like whatever it was, I get curious and I'm like, okay, pick myself back up. I now Mm -hmm. know a little bit more about myself. Like those days that knock you on your ass, if you use them wisely, you learn more about yourself.
1: Yeah. And even just the, the, The spiral like of negative talk in your head. Yeah. Like noticing how to cut that off. I think like one of my things that I tend to do is I tend to like, um, especially late at night when I can't fall asleep, Mm. um, just like my mind goes down. uh, Like without realizing it, it's like catastrophizing. Mm. It's like, oh, like what if this goes wrong? Like, am I prepared for this? Can I? And each time I have to remind myself, like I have Always figured it out. Yeah. And even my like worst performance is often above average. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like,
0: (laughs) well, and whatever decision you make in anything, like whether you take a deal or you don't take a deal and you're stressed about like what will happen in your like, you know, scenario planning each path or whatever. Like, as someone who literally Googled, I think for a year, like, should I get divorced? Mm. At the end of the day, there are no right or wrong decisions in this life, right? Yeah. So make a decision, trust that you will then do all the work to make it the right one for you, mm. right? And yeah. so if you trust yourself, like I know that I'll probably make quote unquote bad decisions, Yep. but say you pick the wrong like supplier or something, like to go into business sense, you pick the wrong supplier and things fuck up. Well, I now know how to crisis manage these fuck ups And also what to hire stronger for in the Mm -hmm. next RFP. Okay, all good. You move forward. There's like, if you stand in that like self-worth moment and just trust that like you've been through hard things, like we continue to just like pick ourselves back up and move forward over time, that just becomes like a true trust in like whatever path you choose for the next chapter of your life you're going to make it the best one mm. whether that's a path of singleness a path of going into a relationship that may or may not work out knowing that if it doesn't work out you've survived a breakup before like you pick yourself back up you get better afterwards so like what's the worst that yeah. can happen
1: yeah and that that was actually where i got to um last night was just trust trust yeah. myself and let it go Yeah. I was like, let it go so you can fall asleep. Yeah, you
0: have to. (laughs) Do you do anything physically? Do you do like a mind-body
1: connection to let it go? I did it last night. I just did like in-breath, out-breath. Like, um, There's a meditation I listened to called um, Your Seed of Softness, which is is a very soothing voice of this woman. Um, And she just you like, you, you feel into your softness. And so I tried to yeah. listen to that. Um, but, but yeah, it, it's usually I get into those times when I am putting a lot of pressure on myself. Yeah. And that, that's, I think for me, that residual brainwashing of like perfection, I yeah. always have to be like, I don't need to be the highest performer. I don't need to be Well, I mean, that's perfect. your,
0: that's your upbringing <laughs> that's too. Like DNA. Yeah, like Literally the, it's your DNA. Yeah. So you're it's un- it's unnatural to not feel that, but you're the biggest thing is that like when you make subconscious conscious, the fact that you can sit here and say, like, like perfectionism is in my DNA, right? Like I know that. And so thus, I'm going to stress out about making the wrong decision because it has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And so you can talk yourself through there are no perfect decisions everything has risks and rewards and whatever. But I think the work that you've done to like acknowledge what your DNA is, like for me, very similar. Like I have the chip on my shoulder, like Mm. come from nothing, wanna make Mm. some like an impact in this world. And that drive drives me sometimes like literally Mm. crazy because you're trying to do too much. You're trying to take on so much. And for me, the work is always like, accepting who i am independent of anything like if it all goes away mm-hmm. do i still love myself mm-hmm. you know and and that's like my inner work of just being yeah. like it's okay even if it all went away i have amazing people in my life yeah got my kids like i'm okay so the rest is just
1: fun yeah so mm. what does that empire look like for you like what what do you envision House of Wise to be, the impact.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have big visions for what I want House of Wise to be. Like the shortest way to say it is I want it to be the antidote to technology mm. because all the things that we create products for and content for around sleep or sex or health and wellness, like stress and fitness, all of those things happen offline. It's, it's a body connection. And when we live in, you know, Facebook just announced meta, like mm-hmm. this whole move towards a digital digital world, a metaverse. In order for us to tap into our sexuality and libido, we have to turn our brains off a little bit. And we mm. have to, in order to go to sleep at night, you have to turn your brain off. Mm-hmm. And what that looks like, whether that's physical spaces or communities or experiences I don't know yet. All I know is I want to help women unplug so that Mm. they can live in those other functional forms. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, what you talked about of like, in order to tap into that sexual power, which is so powerful, um, in women, because it's like, who, who said, whoever said it, it was like, maybe it's Frank Underwood from house of cards, (laughs) But it was like, it was like. But maybe he that. took it from someone else. It's like everything is about sex except sex. Yeah, sex is about power, which is a which is a very like emperor way like way yeah. of saying stuff. But it's like it's true. Like, what do men think about all the time? Who's running? Our, it's like, and men think about that. And it's like women have that power. Yeah, like we're beautiful, we're sexy, we have that like energetic Mm -hmm. magnetic attraction and we it's been stamped out of us Mm -hmm. because we're like your value comes from sending emails and delivering reports and whatever it is online and and yeah like when I unplugged like a couple months ago um you did like a whole month right I I did like six weeks I I was like off Instagram for two months fully um and I, I all this all social media I was off and I was like I remember the first the first week, I was like, whoa, these are my thoughts. Oh, yeah. Like, these are my thoughts. Like, I'm wow. not thinking about what I should post or what caption I should have. Or it's should no I longer performative. Nothing was performative. It was just like, I'm just here and I'm just experiencing things. And oh, my God, that's like such a beautiful sunset. And like, I'm not just, I'm not going to take a picture of it. I'm just going to yeah. stand here and doesn't need to go in my stories. No one else has to How see How long it. did it
0: take you to change that reflex?
1: it was like pretty quick, less really? than two weeks. Okay, And so I actually had this sense of um, weird, like dread of coming back onto social where I was I'm like, sure. I, I have to, I have to do this because I have to build a brand and I yeah, have to be I feel visible. That. But another thing that I'd realized while I was gone was like, I actually don't care if people like my, like, why yeah. should I care about your opinion? when I haven't even talked like this rant, like I call it the gray mass of, anonymous gray mass of people mm-hmm. who are on social media where we like, we we ascribe like worth or value to a, a like. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't actually care about anyone's opinion of me because my opinion of me is, is what strong. matters first and foremost. And so like, but the moment you come back on social media, it's always so hard yeah. to, to separate because you're like, it you really do is. want interaction. You do want, you're posting so that- it can be visible to other people. And so- um, Well, and yeah. you're
0: posting, especially in our position where we're building brands and communities, yeah. you're posting to grow following. Yeah. So that your influence and your ideas can empower reach others. more people. Yeah. And so thus you get into the hamster wheel of like, what plays to the algorithm of like reach? Mm. And that just sucks, yeah. right? But um, I love that. I love that you were able
1: to take that time yeah i i delete um every other week i actually delete the instagram app off my phone right now it is not on my on my phone i did that with dating apps
0: like i realized that my free time had started to get absorbed by dating apps and Mm. it was this like low roi of like impact of my life yeah right like the return on the investment of having a one hour flirty conversation with some random dude that I will probably never meet. Mm. I was like, I'm going to delete all that and spend that time with myself because that's a yeah. way higher ROI. And my life just kept getting better the less I was on dating apps. Yeah.
1: Have you deleted them off?
0: I've deleted them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I've i deleted them off. And then I, I went on a date recently from a dating app, but like I will. I will go on. I might like re-download it during Same. the weekends. It's Sometimes like I'll intentional. Like yes. And yeah. It's, it's like for most
0: you time. have an outcome that you're looking for, which is I'm looking for an experience that has the potential to go further, mm-hmm. versus I'm looking to numb my mm-hmm. loneliness. Exactly. Yeah. Two different outcomes.
1: Yeah. I I started feeling nauseous as I was swiping. Yeah. <laughs> I have felt that too. You're like, I'm getting car sick on yeah. Bumble. <laughs> um, okay. So Amanda, this has been, uh, incredible just to really dig into, I think the, the nuances, the subconscious work that we've done and different ways of stepping into power. And I think, this is what it's really like to build a bad bitch empire, because it's not just the it's not just the money, it's not just the no. like impact, it's not just like whatever the brand. um it's all the work that's happening behind the scenes to like really turn yourself into like the leader that you yeah. need to be. Um, so final question for you is, what does it mean to you? to be a bad bitch?
0: To be a bad bitch is to put myself first, even though it's uncomfortable in everything and to continue to live my truth. Even if that goes against what society wants from me, what people in my life want from me, um, it's just continuing to learn my truth, own it, and then not allow anything that takes away from
1: that. Well, thank you for living your truth and inspiring so many of us to continue living our truths as well. Um, I love you. And thank you for being part of the Bad Bitch Empire. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So pumped. (laughs) If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot, tag me at Lisa Carmen Wang and make sure you check out thebadbitchempire.com for events, courses, crypto, and other cool shit. Thanks for tuning in to The Bad Bitch Empire.